Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. All right, so our topic today, if you're not familiar with the Think Tank meeting, we basically break it into four parts. We uh, have a topic or a theme, experience. We talk about people's experiences with that theme, problems they have with the theme, solutions that we may come up with, and then takeaways. So what we could do is, I personally struggle a wee bit to get a theme for today, so it's, because I can't say it, it's a strategic. Strategic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, relationships. And I was listening to the CNN News, and I was talking about in America what advice they would give small to medium-sized businesses at the moment, and one of them was um, having relationships, building, networking, and getting to know other businesses. But probably right now, we really want to know who's a good reliance and probably not such a good alliance, perhaps. So I'm going to stop that screen sharing and I'm going to start this one and open it up to you guys and ask you guys what would you, um, now we can break into a different topic if this one doesn't tickle our fancy, but let's see where this goes for a start and um, what's people's experiences been so far with forming relationships. Good. Um. One I've had is, is that how long they last. But decades later, that connection you made can come back home and uh, deliver in other forms. Like it's a, it's a lifetime connection that just keeps on giving. Mm. Yep. Well, I, I just think that uh, that even within this group, you know, I have alliance with uh, Matt and Belinda James and. Uh, they're trying to get rid of you, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, that's worked extremely well. And so it, the end point is that we are clients of each other as well. So that's what's emerged from that long-term relationship. All right. Line value. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to get my screens in order. Line value. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be big. Oh, my goodness. That didn't work. One minute, please call it. I'll get that right in a second. Uh, so do we need relationships is probably a really good question. Or can we wing it ourselves and go solo? Um, do you need a relationship with your dentist? No. I think one of the no. things that you do need, though, is you do need people that you can, that can help you sort the we out from the chaff. You know, it's the old story. If we're just working by ourselves, we tend to get tunnel vision around what we're doing and how we're doing things. And it's having the, the people like the people in this group and, and as Danny and I have had for um, quite some time, um, just talking over things that are, that are important to us and getting things organised. I think strategic relationships are absolutely important. Yeah, now that's actually a good example, actually. Dave and I, on a Thursday, we haven't lately, used to spend an hour together, and I'd pay Dave for his time, so it wasn't just um, because I wanted some professional sounding board. And I'd probably think that David would be honest to say, I hope he's got a lot out of it as well. Yeah. Um, but also I, I got a lot of wisdom well, I still get a lot of wisdom out of Dave's knowledge, experience, and skills. So it's been well worth the value. We've been doing that, I reckon, six or eight months? Yeah, six at least, months. yeah. 
Yeah, and it's been a regular thing that we've done, which probably, hand on heart, probably something I would have never thought I would actually have done. Yeah, I'll catch up with these um, things at the moment. So what's people's experiences with building relationship? Has it been easy? Is it fast? Is, it, uh, is there a system around building relationships that we can just do and it works? Or do we need to employ different... You different need to spend time with people, I think. You, you, you're not, I mean, the, most, the businesses that fail the most regularly are partnerships, where people having a great idea of going into business, but I think um, it's really knowing and doing that due diligence and checking that... You've got to have similar motivations, similar values, similar morals mm. for it to work effectively. Either one party will take advantage of the others. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Nothing worse than somebody saying, hey, you got a minute, and then they pump your brain. <laughs> 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 okay. It took more than a minute to pump my brain, but that's okay. Mm. Uh, and also, when you are, if you were looking at uh, just offering your services, you know, how do you turn this into business? And let's say that somebody is actually, because we're friends, we all work together, and then all of a sudden this has actually gone over the boundaries in a way, and actually now something I actually do for a living. You know, uh, can you help me set up my email might be a thing, and then all of a sudden you, you, an hour later you've actually set up their email, and then you think, I actually would have charged for that service normally. And then um, you felt like you've been taking advantage of it. That might have actually... And I wonder sometimes if people were intuitive enough to realise that they've just pinched an hour of somebody. Mm. And that doesn't help me build that relationship. I actually back away a little bit. And then I go home and I sit there and I come up with a system. So that won't happen again. <laughs> you know? You know, so like if you go to my website, danny.co.nz, and you go there and you click on my bookings, you'll see that I have 15 minutes worth of my time available at no charge. <laughs> book me bleed my brain for 15 minutes and then zoom will say time up and then there's other there's a half an hour and there's an hour time and that shows my hourly rate but now the the goal is to get people to fill out the 15 minutes rather than bypassing the system mm. and they don't want to because they're busy and i go well if you're busy i'm busy we're both busy i'm trying to make a living here too mm. and then i asked one lady once if she had a budget and she said zero and I said, if I've asked Siri that question, what's zero divided by zero? They said, um, the cookie monster comes out and says, you can't half zero by zero because zero by zero is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, like you sort of say to people sometimes, well, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to charge you for my time, you must have some money. Mm. What's your budget? And people don't like doing that. So how do you work with that? You don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's what we need to do at the moment, isn't it? Is it realise that we don't have to give away stuff, perhaps? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. I think if if a client's coming in, exactly as you said, you're giving stuff away. If a potential partner or um, you know alliance is coming in, then you need to have that confidence that they're not going to do that upfront because that's a clear. To do that upfront, it's a clear indication that there's it's not going to be a harmonious relationship, really. Mm. <coughs> yeah. But would it be fair to say it's kind of our, our fault that we haven't groomed our clients correctly? I've still got one of those. 
<sighs> Should yeah. we have to, you know? Yeah. Isn't that just about a bit of respect? Yeah. Just mutual respect? Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I think, I think too that when we're talking about strategic relationships, we're not necessarily talking about a business re relationship. And, and they are subtly different. You can have a business relationship within a strategic relationship, but not necessarily the other way around. So, um, yeah, it is about that mutual respect and trust, though, all the same. Mm. Yeah, all of those um, are being picky and choosy. Well, yeah. What I tend to do is somebody's coming to me and say they're a hairdresser, for example. Okay, then. Yes. And Bye. When they get to that, you know, they start asking too much for free, and I sort of say, "Well, when when should I come around and get my hair cut?" What do you mean? And say, so, "Well, obviously, you, I'm expecting a free haircut out of this because you, you're using my time for free." You know, it's because <laughs> mm -hmm. they they value their time, but they don't value your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, tricky <clears throat> one. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Something I struggled with uh, in a lot of time, but because I a lot of my 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 questions, I kind of want to make myself available, and I kind of like doing what I do. Um, and also, a lot of the people are actually paying me some in another form, you know. So it's sort of um, it's a, and also if you're not doing it always for the money, um, and you've got enough to buy your groceries at the end of the week, <laughs> you know that's my that's my downfall. I think oh well, I'm alright. Yeah, but I think if you have a, a good relationship with someone and you know that they generally need your help and that they've bothered to know you for some time, then I don't have such a problem helping those people out for free. Mm. It's when people come in who don't know you and expect that same something in that attitude. You know, you help your mates out, don't you? Um, That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice. It is a nice thing. I, I quite like it. I, I had a guy ring me up... Um, on oh, whatever day it was, Tuesday, and he's a real clever lawyer. And he said, look, I just want to get up to speed with technology and I want to learn how to use my computer. So I said, well, I'm $120 an hour. And I said, if I charge you an hour a week, uh, you know, it's going to be nearly 500 bucks a month for me to teach you. So I said, I, I don't think that is fair all around. And I said, but I really want to help you. And I said, the difference between me getting my hourly rate is the value if I see you applying the value of what I'm doing, I'm going to feel a lot better about spending my valuable time, but I want you to be aware of my hourly rate. So I said, well, how about we do something like this? And I charge you a couple hundred dollars a month and you get four hours a month and we'll do it at Genius Coworking around about 11 o'clock. And he goes, that suits me. And I thought, cool. And I said, but if you miss a, miss a, miss a day, I still get my 200 bucks. <laughs> And um, and then with that knowledge, I went away and I was actually talking to Lance and I said, well, why don't we uh, write a list of things that people might actually want to learn that a basic computer knowledge and have, you know, like a a few, we come up yesterday with about 20 different things that potentially we could teach people and give them a list of what they want to learn, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's just grooming it in a way which is fair. Um, and that particular guy you know, his hourly rate's probably four or $500 an hour. But it, um, he's obviously, you know, it, it, it's a bit silly if I turn uh, Yeah, it just seemed like that worked, and that worked for everyone. I'm quite happy with that. But I said, the day that you don't get the, like I think what David said to me, the day that I stop giving you value, you stop paying me. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in the at the end of the day, I, I guess one of the things we've got to be able to do is to to recognise where we've got the gaps or the holes in our knowledge and our background, and be able to pick up people who can actually help us fill those gaps in. And I think this is one of the beauties of something like Elite Six, where we actually get to see people and what they do, and we get a chance to be able to measure whether they would their, the sort of services that they offer us are going to be of value to us. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Mm. I like it, yeah. I th I'm happy how it's going with me anyway, put it that way. Mm. Um, I know Paul's probably a good example. He's got a computer shop. So he gets strangers walking in the door holding a laptop going, I've just got a little problem. <laughs> and a little look at it. And, and half an hour later, they walk out going, oh, thanks. Do I owe you anything? I bet that's what they say every time. And he goes, no, I just set myself up here in the shop for the hell of it. It's not really my business. <laughs> I'm actually a window cleaner, and I clean the window fronts of all the other shops. That's what I, how I make my living. This is a free service. Didn't you read the sign on the way in? <laughs> yeah. So what's your best way of turning a walk-in client into a um, into somebody who forks out money, Paul? How have you worked that problem? Um, depends. I've started basically just charging a diagnostic fee which yeah. is 50 bucks yeah and most people haven't complained yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah that's pretty common though paul isn't it you know if you go to a lot of the tech places around they say you know if you're gonna put your say laptop in for for a check or what have you then it's a basic fee you know whether it's 50 or 60 bucks or whatever yeah but you, yeah. you've got to because um one of my competitors here in Rangiora, they were next to the warehouse for a while. And what people were doing was they were coming in, wasting half an hour finding out what they needed and then going buying it at the warehouse. Mm. So they then said, right, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to start charging you for our knowledge, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm going a slightly different track in that I've, I've just um, in the process of signing up with an Australian company that does um, quotations. And one of the side effects of that is it gives me a online shop. So I'm hoping I can push a lot of that sort of inquiries into the online shop where you can actually say, this is my budget. This is what I'm looking for. And it does it all for you. So effectively I'm hoping that, um, it will enable the customers to do all that themselves. And so the portal's promoted, is that what you're saying? And then... Sorry, uh, the can't hear you. Okay, uh, how about now? That's better. Um, is the portal promoted of people who provide a whole lot of services? Is that what you mean? It's, good, it's, it's goods and it will be services. So... How do people find the site? I'm going to have to promote it on Facebook and Google. Um, right. So why don't you just use a Shopify shop? I remember you said it's a couple hundred bucks a month. Why don't you just use a Shopify shop to put your services on there and people buy them? What's the difference? Um, this particular organization, for want of a better word, 
um, changes thousands of pages a day. Um, and apparently it rates very well on the SEO. Google loves it. And they did it with another small business, which was also another one-man band. And after a month, the one-man band had to turn it off because they couldn't cope with the demand. Oh, yeah. um, what they were finding were people were buying computers <laughs> and then contacting to the shop to say, can you transfer all this? And he's no longer a one-man band now. Yeah. So it was a good impetus. That partnership basically proved a good impetus for growth, and I'm hoping to follow it. Yeah, I'd be a bit dubious, so I'd have like a better look at it, to be honest. Well, it's, it's, it's only cost, it, so what was it, $260 a month. So you can't, yeah. build, you can't build a shop and manage that online for that amount of money. No, and, and you'll know in three months, Paul, whether it's exactly. It's, it's a gamble. If it pays off, it pays off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's a calculated gamble. You know, you've yeah. done your homework and mm, research yeah. it, so, yeah. That's right. I was looking at a quote yesterday from an SEO company who was going to uh, go through somebody's online shop and um, quoted them 15 hours a week, uh, a month, and at the hourly rate was $210 an hour to do the wow. optimization on their website. So, That's New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought, wow, that's, he worked it out 3100 a month. And Ooh. One day we're going to drop into this guy's shop because he his turnover for the last 30 days in his shop is $143,000. The average sale was about two dollars $300, and he optimizes the hell out of his online shop, and he's real clued up. He's a good mate of mine, and he sells the Garmin, the Garmin watches. Oh, yeah. I've watched that guy go from selling $59,000 worth of product in a year to obviously $143,000 in a month. Um, and he gets every Tom, Dick and Harry coming along, offering him advice on how to do what he does really, really well. He's the biggest garment dealer in New Zealand now. <laughs> interesting. But, you know, watching people grow their business like that and the aggression is, is quite um, interesting. All right. Uh, uh, problems. Okay, so relationships with people. Have we kept on topic with these? Pretty much. So what's mm. the problems? What's the problems with relationships? People are too maintaining relationships sometimes because yeah. when people want you to do certain things for them and then you know you've agreed on something for example in a professional relationship and you give them an invoice and then they start kind of going well hang on that's not what we agreed and you go yeah yes it is actually. Mm. <laughs> dealing with that kind of stuff so i've learned now that i've basically got to spell everything out and everything signed off before i even start the job i've learned that the hard way but i'm getting there I'm, this is when i'm doing consulting and stuff not when i'm doing catering yeah that that's uh that would some industries struggle to get that across i mean i yeah. i've uh, found with myself as i will charge 10 hours of my time um in implements so if somebody if i'm going to do a website design i don't charge three or four thousand dollars i say look i charge 120 dollars an hour and i'm going to charge you 10 hours of my time the last job that i did uh in 10 hours i actually produced his 10 websites i did and a to z all of them people paid me 1200 dollars, and here's what they got for their 1200 dollars 
And the reality of it, what I do is if I need to spend 15 hours, they don't know that. So that's where I give the extra value. But it's kind of worked out well for me because obviously if somebody's going to hire you, even if it's for two or three hours, they're going to use two or three hours of your time before they even get any of your services. So maybe that's a great way. And after I've done the first 10 hours, then next time I might let them tally up some, some um, how do I say, you know, some a debt with me before I send them their next bill. But I don't know if that would work with most industries, but that's just mm. what's worked well with me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is in hospitality, nobody wants to pay any money for anything. I mean, you know, you're still getting head chefs getting paid $25 an hour. So. But isn't that a good you're not on <laughs> to identify that if you're not getting paid, then why are we doing the work? Is that yeah. that's a bit simple to say, but it is simple to say, isn't it? Exactly. And I've got somebody who's approached me again just yesterday about um, consulting with them. It's like, oh, they're, I think this is a real estate agent and they want to get into hospitality. They want to own a hospitality business. And I said, well, then you need to call me. <laughs> I'll give you the reality of it, honey. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have thought anyone would be having that conversation in these times. Luke. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, but in terms of the hourly rate for chefs and things, it's almost been an endemic situation that's happened over decades. Yeah, and and maybe it was a, a the the answer lay about twenty or thirty years ago when the, the chefs themselves were saying, no, this is not what you're going to do because the 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 entrepreneurs and the owners of these hostelries would have had to actually front up the dough then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And most businesses, I mean, and, and be, be warned, guys, that if you're going to expect them to be dining out, costs are going to go up because they have to. Because mm. most hospitality businesses make enough money to have rent and wages for the following week, and that's about it. Some oh, it's two weeks in advance. That's it. I'm happy to pay more. I want to pay more. I want, I want to know that everyone's happy in the workplace. I, I, it would not bother me personally to pay $50 for a main. You know, if I was going out for dinner, I'd expect to pay at least 50 or even more. Yeah. Because I, I've watched people, I, I've never understood this. People go out and pay $30 for a main and say, boy, that's expensive. And then get two glasses of wine. And <laughs> yeah. Quite happy to pay 60 bucks. I'll go out and not drink and have a $60 meal any day. Here's a classic example for you then. I've got two catering um, functions confirmed. One's um, this weekend and one's in two weeks. There's all like dinner parties or lunches at home. One wants to pay $30 a head and the other one's offered $100 a head. Right. Now, like, what can you do for this budget? Mm. Say nothing to this. Mm. So that my my mm. starting rate per head is $50 and you go out mm. to the market. Mm. Because you, you're, in a, you're taking your food to them. You're doing even, you're not even, like, you haven't got a venue where people come like Rosebank. Mm. You, no. know, and, you know, and I'm sorry, if you want $30 a head, I think you're going to do morning teas with me. Yeah. No, that's $5 a head. Yeah. Oh, no, people, yeah. people want to do morning teas for, yeah, $8 a head, $12 a head. Mm. Yeah. 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 Pay peanuts, get monkeys. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All day, put that because, I, because I specialise <clears throat> in dietaries, I do dietaries inclusive. I don't charge extra for dietaries. Yeah. So that's a cost yeah. I have to cover across the board. Don't you use less, less material when you take things out? It's like I went out. I'm not knocking you. This is just a funny mm. story. But I went to Medfin to the Thompson. Was it Top's Twin? Top Twins restaurant, and I said, "Oh, look, we're vegans, <laughs> and we're um, yeah, I'm gluten free. What have you got for us?" And she said, "You can have anything on the menu." And I went, "Oh, great!" So um, I think it was twenty eight dollars for the Ed Benedicts. <laughs> so 
Next thing is I got two bits of bread with tomato on. I was charged extra for the gluten-free bread, and yep. I got tomatoes and I think avocado, and it cost me 28 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and bullshit. I, and I thought, wow. And then they yeah. go, there you go. Told you we could help you out. And I thought, why did that, why did that not, um, you know, because their button on their tool didn't have a button for it, you see? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Danny, I must say, uh, gluten-free uh, food, there is a, there is a, a shop uh, in town solely gluten-free, everything in it. It's a bakery, and it's yeah. huge. And I bought uh, some is stuff. The, um, is that the one in Sydney? Yeah, yes, and uh, and it cost me for our morning tea and a few leftovers, uh, thirty five dollars for my aunt and I, and that was just for a few cakes. And it is highly expensive, so I can understand why they charge you that. But, uh, no, but that twenty eight dollars for that. I mean, the only thing different on that dish was the gluten free bread. The gluten free bread does not cost ten dollars. And I didn't have the sausages, the bacon, or the exactly. eggs. Um, I think we had spinach and tomatoes, actually. Yeah, mm. we don't go back there. That's uh, the upshot yeah. of it. But they obviously didn't have a system for it. Uh, you know, and I'm... Um, and I, but anyway, I met one of the, the top twins, so that was quite nice. That was the goal. <laughs> yeah, hey, but one of the, just, just talking to that, though, you know, and, and Mark's response was, you know, don't go back. But I reckon that's one of the problems with us Kiwis. We yes. vote. We vote with our feet. Exactly. We, we, you know, we should spend more time actually saying how we feel about what you know. This is good and bad about mm. the service and the quality of the goods that we get. Did you did you talk yep. to them about what you were getting? Voting with your feet. say. Agree, Mark. Um, yeah, Mark. I, I agree totally. Uh, David, rather. Mm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm certainly of that age and stage. If I have a, a dissatisfying experience, that I will mention it at the time, mm. because I, yes. I agree with David that if you just walk away, yes, you've, that's one element. But and to be honest, how are they going to improve it if they don't know? Absolutely, right. I go by that rule: ignorance is useless. <coughs> and if people don't know, how can they improve it? That's yep. right. I agree. There's constructive criticism and there's critical criticism. If yeah. that makes sense. Put those things yeah. in the chat box. But this is a good point because sometimes I want to say something or I want to say how something makes me feel. It's like um, Liz showed a couple of adverts on the screen last week after our meeting. Mm. And, um, and you know, she wants to hear what people want to say about them. And my mate did the same who at the garment shop. And we finished up, uh, it was Chris and I, and we finished up saying, no, we don't like it. We do this, do this, and wrong font size and everything. But at the end of it, he goes, oh, I quite like the original one. And then at the end, he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> took him time to absorb it and then when he absorbed it um he saw the wisdom and then we all liked it and he didn't quite like it <laughs> so, you yeah, know, so it's hard to get yeah. that criticism isn't it mm. yeah my, my experience also when you bring something up with a proprietor or, or manager is how they respond to that so i don't necessarily go away and bag a, a, a shop around service or the quality of the goods or whatever unless when i've brought it up I've just had a really negative, destructive um, mm. reaction from it. Mm. But if they've been accommodating and appreciative of the feedback, well, I in turn go back out and I'm talking to people about saying, you know, this person's willing to listen and learn. No. Mm. Mm. Like the yeah. young young guy that rang up told me that my website was a disaster and he hadn't even really looked at my website. So he said, oh, well, you just ring up to 
what did rack me? I've got what he said, but he was uh, grill, grill him. And I said, well, actually, I tell you, I got a you cold called me, and I said, and, and I said, this is the reaction you get from cold calling. I said, I got cold called from another guy the other day, and I said he sent me a um, a loom recording of my my LinkedIn account and things I could do to improve it. And I was really impressed with the cold call. And I said, maybe you could adopt that. And I said, and I said, you might get a better response than somebody like me grilling you. And I said, so I hope, you know, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you said. And I, okay, I hang up. <laughs> but I thought that would, uh, you know, <laughs> there's other ways of packaging, um, you know, stuff. Two ears, one mouth. Listen, that's one of my things. Keep the words coming. So it's, all about, it's all about how... Like, like, like I say, constructive criticism uh, always in hospitality, especially, is always taken a lot better than oh, that shit, or oh, I didn't like that, or you know, um, it's more like a oh, perhaps next time you have that dish, could you, you know, I, I just didn't feel I got value for money on that. Is, is there something else we could do to do that? Maybe we could add some, could you, do you have mushrooms we could add to that, or you know, it's, mm. it's about you know, problem solution. Yeah. Um, James <laughs> and I go out each week on a Wednesday normally for dinner and we have got this thing on TripAdvisor called Three Grumpy Men and we basically go out and then we give a review on every place that we go to. Now mm -hmm. every single review we've got actually finds the positive in the meal that we had regardless of what we actually feel if it was good value or money. We might say it was very affordable rather than it was the best tasting dish in the world you know and all those sort of things but there's always something good you can actually praise because I find if you praise people Mark? Yeah, um, we also need to make sure that we're staying on script here because we are sort of straying off the strategic relationship <laughs> problems. We are, aren't we? <laughs> I, I could say one, one thing on the problem front that, um, that I've come across is, you know, you might build up a, a relationship with a business and people within that business or a person and then, um, and then that person leaves the business, and sometimes you can be back back to ground zero, um, or the new person comes in and they've just got a completely different way of doing things and different thoughts completely. And you know, you've developed a relationship with the person who was there, and you've kind of got synergies. And then suddenly somebody else comes along, and yeah, you're back. So what would we call that? That can be tricky. The gatekeeper normally runs the office, I say, and then they, they, they've moved on, they've got a new one. And that's, that's probably something that's real right now is we're probably going to go back to these companies we deal with and then we've got, oh, he's had to go, we've had to lay off a few and now you're dealing with maybe the owner of the company instead of the, the lady that used to... Yeah. 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 That's a problem. Yeah, what's the time? We're, we're going to go move on to um, the next one, which is <coughs> solutions then. So maybe I can make that smaller so we can see some of the problems that we've got. Um, so if we hit, if our relationships have turned sell, <laughs> what solutions could we employ to um, fix that? Yeah, well, I'd be saying because I was I captured on the other side about being a problem. You really have to do if you, if your strategic relationship is going to merge into a business relationship, you really have to do due diligence. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, um, I've done it. Oh, thank you. You're good, mate. 
You need to get it on paper as well. Um, I was just thinking back, going back to you, Paul, um, when you walk into your shop, I think you have a sign up there now, don't you? A big sign telling you people, you know, how much it costs for this, this and this. Yep. Yeah, and that, that's my most. So you, somebody did mention before about putting a sign on the door, but you've actually... Yeah, Helen mentioned that. She said, Helen's got your mic because we echo. But she's there. Uh, what else are we going to do? Draw up a... What's a... Um, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, and just one thing, and if if the person has changed, I think the thing about it is that we've got to change ourselves. Oftentimes, you know, when you've built up a relationship with somebody, a lot of the communication is, if you like, non-verbal because you understand one another and you've got a, a uh, a good understanding of their personality and what have you. And if the gatekeepers change, then you've got to spend the same sort of time that you did originally establishing that, that um, what's the word, establishing that rapport with the new person that you had with the old. So it takes, if, the, if you get a change, you've got to be prepared to do the hard yards again. You've got a plan for, if it does go south as well. Mm, yeah. manage that yeah that's the escape clause you'd have in your yeah. contract i guess yeah. um, it, it's more than that i think i was talking to one of my friends last night and um he has struggled with his business because he's, again he's a one-man band and he's been doing it for 30 years and a group of lawyers in auckland basically offered to buy 50 percent of his business and guarantee him two years work uh, the problem you've got there is after two years they say goodbye you've lost your whole business because all they do is take all your clients and start another company up so you've really got to get that just to start with so that can't happen and hence the contracts and thinking it's properly hmm. Ah, we did that. Thanks, Lance. <laughs> Somebody's helping me in my spelling. Thank Lance. <laughs> Keep watch your spelling, guys. It's terrible. I know. <laughs> That's a seriously dirty trick, though, isn't it? Really. Just thinking about what Paul was saying there. What's a dirty trick? It oh, happens, the, sadly. The, the offer of the two years' work, and then take your take your um, contract, your customer list. Mm. Basically, they're only paying half the price of the value of the business. Yeah, they are. That's right. Mm. Mm. Taking mm. percent of its value in that sense. Mm. So yeah, so yeah. Obviously, this is a problem. But uh, with relationships, just going back to that idea, some of them are out of our control as well, wasn't it? Um, mm. When they change. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. I used to do a lot of work for um, Blackwater Rafting. I used to do about four hundred bookings a month for them in Waitomo, and then um, mm. Tourism Holdings bought them out. And they monitored me for a year and then tried to hijack everything I was doing when I was promoting it because I used to promote it through my travel and, and tourism network. And then when they went and bought another rental car company, I just deleted their website from day one. <laughs> and they said, what did you do that for? And I said, because you don't really care about me anymore and I, you don't value me and you're just going to milk my brain. And I said, I might as well say goodbye now. So all the best. But that was how I dealt with it. <laughs> Um, but other than that, um, the, some of those big companies just don't care about the relationship for the, the small to medium sized guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing 
a relationship at the moment with um, EPL here in Christchurch. And the guy I was dealing with retired right on the lockdown beginning. And I had been introduced to the guy who was going to take up from him, but quite a different personality. Some of the groundwork to be redone. And I haven't yet managed to pick back up on that. So I'm not quite sure where that's going. So a lot of that was originally based around dealing with one person who's now gone. So in some ways, I'm about to screw on on that one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a real, real problem, isn't it? Mm. I've had a situation where, you know, um, there was a change in kind of management. Um, <coughs> I knew that their philosophy and the way that they managed things was, you know, was a complete clash of mine and the kind of solutions and the way that they wanted to run it. And so in that situation, I, um, I just kind of said to them, look, I, you know, it's not going to work out. Um, give them a month's notice. And ultimately that company's come back years later, you know, different managers and they're, they're a good client again. And I think if I'd stuck in there, Mm. You know the the kind of the clash and styles would have done way more man, uh, damage than just kind of saying, "Hey, look, I, I don't think it's going to work out," and just walk away at that point. Well, not walk away because you're giving notice, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. it's kind of yeah. I mean, in the in the long run, it's actually worked out well. Funny enough, when I got Elite Six, I. Uh, I went through all the paperwork of all the people that had bought franchises in the past and I didn't know these people. So I contacted them all and heard these stories that were horrifying. I realized I bought a company with quite a bad name and I had to build these bridges back with a lot of people. So I had face-to-face meetings with a lot of them who had been burnt by the company and it made it clear that we're a new company and that was actually quite good. Not that they came back into my family, but it was just nice to know there wasn't bad people, people out there rubbishing, you know, the, the brand. Yeah. That I bought. <laughs> mm. Mm. Solutions. Thank you. Oh, so your solution to some of the problems is maybe don't be too hasty and tell them to get lost, but sit in there until they get their systems and, and see the value of what you No, are. in that case, you know, there was a, again, it was a change in, in management from mm. basically from Christchurch to another city. And mm. I just knew that that those people had a, a completely different way of thinking than, than I did and it just wasn't going to work out. So it's just kind of kind of recognising that and then saying, hey, look, I think this is the best way is just to part gracefully and then ultimately years later it's, it's come back around again. Mm. Yeah. So you have to, I guess, be prepared to walk away maybe. Mm. Mm. So that could be a solution in itself, just um, walk away if needed, is it? Mm. Yeah. I'll see walk away that. gracefully. Mm. Can't spell gracefully. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to sack clients before. That's been an interesting one. Um, but a client, I guess, is different to a business partner or, or collaboration, but yeah. Mm. So I think the, the the boundary can be quite blurred sometimes, can't it? Because they're a client, but you're you have to work together as well. So, mm. Mm. but it's having that clarity too, Josh, knowing when to actually walk away, knowing when the relationship is going to be 
taking time on both sides that you'd be better put into other areas, knowing knowing your target market. And if they yeah. change, then recognise that uh, you're not aligned, and that's okay. I mean, yeah. and never never do business on a handshake. You, you're always <laughs> going to need a quote. You're always going to need terms. You're always going to need a contract, especially those longer. Because if you do exit, you need to know what you're up for and no be no ambiguity. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you look at the paperwork that we do, just entering in a shop and the contact tracing and all that, that's kind of one thing that's probably a saving grace in a way, isn't it? That when, right now, people realise that we have to have health and safety and, you know, it actually is real. So, I mean, maybe this is a really good time to actually going forward and say, no, this is the way we do it. Um, and, I mean, especially with Liz, I know Liz has had a couple of stories there where people don't pay her bill. Um, but, I mean, let's just say, well... Don't let them get to that stage where they haven't agreed and they don't have a full understanding because it, you know, and you know, why do people have to pay at the end of a service? I still haven't got my head around that sometimes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and like Helen's a great like, example. Like as well. catering, you know, people people pay fifty percent deposit or whatever, and that's done. You know, and then a lot of actually other catering companies make people pay the balance the day or, or the week before the function, whereas mm. I've always done it within seven days after the function. Why? So Exactly. Because I think that's the way it used to work in one of the companies I worked for. So mm. I did it that way. But, yeah, I think I'm going to start just doing, well, you know, payments got to be done that week before. I would, I, I would actually be honest. I think you're more professional if you did that and if people doubt yeah. who you are and your monies then you say well here's some referrals for customers who have used me recently ring yeah. them up if you've got doubts and see what they um, thought of my service mm. yeah, we work with caterers uh, well we still do work with caterers in the past and currently and um, definitely they normally do the I think it's 50% on booking and then 50% at least the week before the gig yeah and um, and that's that's just in the terms. That's what it is. And you know, never mm. ever walk away from the booking if um, if people don't pay that because they, you know, the weddings and things like that. As you were doing sure on too, and they get the bride gets cold feet. Or can we reduce the price? And so and it's, they try to negotiate in that last week. And uh, so no, this is the price. Um, mm. You agreed it, or find somewhere else. As you just imagine that you're um, a gunslayer and you've got somebody with a gun to your head. Would you rather have a gun to their head or a gun to your head? And it's more the business risk, though, because if you get in, like, you've already bought the food, you've... Mm -hmm. That's why you do it the week before, because then you haven't bought the food. And that's classically what the person I work with does. So she buys, normally buying the food, maybe the Wednesday, Thursday, depending on what it is, prior to the Saturday wedding, say. Mm. Um, that's what she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to, because in the past she's been burned by buying that stock, and then somebody changes their mind. Yeah, mm. exactly. That, and then, that, and that, that, that's, that's, sorry, that's what happened to you just before lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd purchased a whole lot of stuff, and and you know, in the end, I had to just write stock off. But I I did return some deposit, but I couldn't return the cost of the food deposit because I just I couldn't. <laughs> But that's so you, is part of yours not refundable then, Vicky? Uh, Liz. Liz. Um, 
Um, no, part of it, no, my, part of my deposit the, for deposit is non-refundable normally, right. but because of COVID, I kind of felt that I should return some of the deposit just to keep things. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a good biz, business relationship to keep. Yeah. Basically, I covered my expenses and costs, and That's then I, so I returned the balance of the deposit because I just felt that was a good business relationship thing to do. Yeah. You can always. Yeah, I mean, COVID's a yeah big thing, isn't it? But normally, yeah. But you can also have that sort of thing in your terms where you could say that we take fifty percent deposit, and if we can get a refund from our suppliers, that will be passed on to you. You know, the mm. case going, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm. Yeah, a lot of learnings happening in this day and age. Yeah, I'm mm. really intelligent now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are exceptions. I was going to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, guys, so um, we've got a few more minutes on solutions. Is there anywhere we haven't taken this solution? So we've got due diligence, drawing up um, good contracts, uh, building rapport with clients. Uh, always being respectful um, and valued commun oh, communication. It's too complicated to read. Working with companies that share the same values. That's what I put in there. Uh, regular contact. Uh, and that's going to be interesting at the moment. Like I just said before, one of my members who were going to my 7.30 group has just contacted me asking if we were having our meeting this morning um, as per normal. And I struggled to answer that one. And I hadn't heard from this guy for five or six weeks. And I said, no. Now he's like, oh, so you're not doing cafe meetings anymore? And, oh, well, I, I like face-to-face. -face and I have to go through the whole thing I went through with Mark. <laughs> but I said, come on, give it a go. Try to get on this Zoom meeting thing and, and see what you think. I don't like technology. Okay. So now I'm sort of like, I've either pissed off a client or, um, you know, and I just don't, uh, personally, I think, well, if you're going to stick your head up after five or six weeks, I struggle with that and say, I'm just saying, look, hey, it's all the best, um, you know. But, yeah, so I think keeping up the speed uh, with what's happening and being intuitive to me is something that I, would, I wouldn't want to knock on any one of your doors and not think I don't know where you're at in business or whether you're still in business. My expectations are the fact that I know that you're still operational because I can see you moving in the screen. Mark? <laughs> Just one more point on the solutions, if I may. Um, one thing I have fallen foul of previously, and it's always been my own fault, was what the client has said and what I have heard can be a bit different. Yeah. So as part of any agreement, make sure you nail everything down make sure we actually mm. describe what it is you're supposed to be doing for them and get it signed mm. and, and and in turn nigel when they are um talking to you about certain things is actually in your reply is capturing some of their terms back saying yes. you know have i heard this correct are we talking about yes. this 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 and this yes but i think having done that probably some kind of a letter outlining yeah. understand yeah. always in paper yeah, I always send out a confirmation. As soon as I've spoken to somebody, I send out a, a confirmation email saying, okay, this is what's happening. This is the confirmed menu, and this is the invoice accordingly. And then if yeah. they have yeah. this, this is what I understood from our mm. discussion. Have I got this right? Mm. Mm. When, when I used to do, somebody wanted a website, they'd ask me for ideas and all that, and I'd finish up telling them all my ideas and everything. 
and what I thought I'd be doing the strategy. And then at the end of the conversation, they would say, oh, you wouldn't be able to put that in writing for me. And I say, no, because then they would go get quotes and say, this is what I'm thinking of doing with my website. Can you do what Danny says cheaper? So then I finished up coming up with a letter of understanding uh, about my services. And that's what I used to give them and how the process worked about the service I was providing. But I, as a rule, never actually write down the strategy that they couldn't keep up with. They'd want, you know, that was the, the limitations I found with that myself. Well, I suppose to a degree, there was some degree of tuning of it, depending on the industry you're in. Yes, definitely. Um, we've got five minutes, guys, and I really uh, have enjoyed this meeting again. I'm just um, thinking of takeaways you've got from the meeting and also, more importantly, a, a juicy topic for next week. Um, okay. Can I ask a question, Danny? Uh, is it related to a takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's asking what MOU stands for. Memorandum, Memorandum of understanding. understanding. Yeah. So, sorry, one person? Memorandum <laughs> of understanding. <laughs> of understanding. One, one person. Memorandum <laughs> of understanding. Oh, okay. Okay. And yep. Google is um, fantastic for that, that terminology too, for future reference, if you don't know. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, I realise that. I just wanted to know it right, right now without going into Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just in the middle of setting up with a school in Fairley, Mackenzie College, um, which I've just been on the phone to. So, um, yeah, um, and it's about this very thing that we're talking about, strategic relationships. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping what to... What takeaways... I've got three minutes to finish the meeting off, Vicky, there. So what takeaways have you got from today's meeting which would be of value? Um, actually, keeping up the regular contract, feeding into the relationship, that's really important. I've only just set this up yesterday. Um, maybe putting things down on paper, never do it on a handshake, because I, I, I hadn't actually thought, oh, well, I'll do this on paper and sign something. It's a school and they've uh, employed me for 10 weeks um, for their school afternoon snow sports. So I'll do that. Um, I can't see all of it because you, it's, I can't control the screen, but um, um, just having values um, and um, yeah, thank you. Um, building up a rapport with the kids which are going to be my clients because those are the, the kids that are going to drive it um, to get on these snow bikes and have an afternoon. And um, yeah, so the kids would give you feedback to you. Well, they'd give the people that pay the bill the feedback, I suppose. So that's plain in a way. Well, if you if if the kids don't like it, the 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 principal and the um, and the sports organizer, they're not going to carry on if go. Oh, we don't want to do that. Yep. But so just um, because we're we're working on a time schedule, Vicky, um, we'll just um, keep we'll keep going around the room. So other. Um, all right. Guys? Well, I want to pick up on Mark's point before about due diligence. Actually, I think basically understand as best you possibly can who it is you're dealing with. You have a really good picture of who of who the other person is. Is that in the chat window? I'll grab that one of it is. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and don't be afraid to look for new people to help you build your business and push it along. And right. just be aware when you're doing due diligence that the internet can lie. Mm. Yeah. Right. Can it? 
Jesus. People can put up false profiles. Yeah, she tells me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe change children to customers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that's good. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so we've got a few points here. Um, thinking of topic next week as well, which would be nice. I'll try to get the font right in a second. Uh, hmm. How do we maintain our own enthusiasm for our business? <laughs> you're, you're looking flat there, David. So, yeah, clearly we've got to get together. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> it is a really funny thing because sometimes, uh, you know, like it's a fine line I'm finding at the moment between loving and hating, you know, your business that you love, theoretically, isn't it? So mm. how do we, that, I think that's actually, um, is that a topic for next week? Like um, maintaining love for your business, is that, is that what I'm thinking? I think that's a good one, especially in the current circumstances. I, I think it's easier to like your business a lot more when everything's humming and it's all buoyant, but when things are flat, you know, it, mm. it takes a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, business can be a bit like a runaway treadmill sometimes, you know, and you just can't get off it, can you? Well, have you been on one of those? Yeah, that? true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we don't want to discuss it now. Uh, Danny, what about just retaining your business enthusiasm? Yeah. Right. Retaining yeah. your business enthusiasm. COVID to post-COVID. <laughs> yeah, appreciate all the comments, guys. It really makes it good. Uh, yeah. Just see That'll work. Uh, yes, I've just started yesterday, so I'm learning lots to say feedback. Is that uh, who's having a conversation? Is there? Is that a? Um, I don't think that is a comment. No, got to go. All right, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. excellent. So I'm going to use that for next. And you week. need to generate your next meetings topic box in the middle too. Or is that small down the bottom? Is it? I'm oh, just trying to work that screeny thingy. But that's really good. I have really enjoyed that. We won't uh, yeah. keep you. I really am trying to keep these meetings on time, so it's 31. Um, thank you very, very much. This is actually really, really nice. This is probably the joy of my week running these meetings and getting some content. And remember, what we'll do is we'll put this as a podcast so you can listen to it again. And also, I'll make sure that this is on our Facebook page, and I'll let you guys all run away if you want. Bye.